Greetings out there in podcast land. You're listening to the OK Pop Radio Hour with your hosts, Meg Webb and Blake Ewing. Well, hello there. You're listening to yet another installment of the OK Pop Radio Hour. What's up, Meg? Hey, Blake. How are you? I'm good. I am good. I'm happy to be um, back in the game in the podcast. It feels like it's been a little little while for us. Took a little bit of a, of a break. We've had some stuff going on. We've been busy. Not going to lie to you guys, our, our fans. Stop it. I did that just for me. Stop it right now. I know you're not fans. You're just checking us out to see. Fandom comes later. Fandom. We have to earn your fandom. We'll earn it. We'll earn it. Now, today is... Also a special day. It is Juneteenth. Today is Juneteenth. Uh, and so we are happy to be putting out a uh, limited edition, one-time only, OK Pop Radio Hour Juneteenth episode. It's a good one. It's a good one. We've got some really good interviews. Uh, we're highlighting uh, some, some fantastic artists from Oklahoma. Um, and just a few blocks from where we're sitting right now, one heck of a Juneteenth celebration is is about to kick off. Yes, it is. Tulsa's going to be rocking. Um, I'm really, really feeling good about our community. We've got some good people here. We really do. And I feel like uh, yesterday we spent some time. We went to Wanda J's for lunch. If you haven't eaten at Wanda J's, are you really living? Um, because it's <laughs> that good. It is so good. Uh, I'm thinking about going back again today. I know. <laughs> That's what my my arteries need. Um, <laughs> but the vibe in Greenwood right now is so full of love and so full of uh, hope and um, positivity, and it's just uh, it's a sight to behold over there right now. Uh, it feels good. It really does, and. Um you know, we had we have some other interviews that we've done, and we kind of, you know, I, I hate to let you guys too much behind the curtain, but we do some of these interviews in advance, and sometimes it takes a week or two before they actually come out in a podcast. So we had an entire podcast episode recorded and edited and ready to go this week. And, you know, with all of the things happening in our country and, and especially right here city. in Tulsa, Oklahoma, uh, we just decided kind of last minute we have got to rethink this and so um we know we have some amazing stories to tell here and there are some really incredible things happening in the black community in tulsa and in oklahoma in general um and they're worth celebrating and shining a light on um especially on juneteenth and so the show that we've put together uh was a was a last minute deal a little bit like we kind of rushed to get some of these things and i am so grateful to steph simon and dr stevie johnson for agreeing to do some interviews with us um grateful to colby for hustling to put some stuff together so uh it's really been it's really been a kind of a whirlwind of the last 24 hours but uh i'm excited to share this podcast with you guys and uh this is just the beginning of of hearing about some of these things for you uh, but I promise you that, um, you know, Oklahoma's kind of creative story is so much more diverse and interesting than uh, the names you've heard. Um, okay, so Meg, you ready? I'm ready. You ready for this weekend? 
I'm 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 getting there. <laughs> yeah. It's uh there's a lot going on in Tulsa. There is. There's a home and garden show. <laughs> uh that's the thing I've probably been most looking forward to this weekend <laughs> is the, check the out the home Tulsa and, home and garden check show. Check out the home and garden show. I don't know, maybe pick up some The Wanamaker Gun Show. Is it the Wanamaker? Is <laughs> I don't know if it's Wanamaker or not. It's I just a, feel like that's what they always say. It's a gun show though. And it's we're not talking about muscles. What do you get at the home and garden show? The home and garden show? Yeah. Um, I got a roof one time. Are you serious? Yeah. So they sell roofs there. Well, you have booths of people of different companies out there that are that do, you know, home and garden. They're peddling their wares. Peddling their wares. Their home wares. And I needed a new roof and I found a company to do it. Okay, so it's probably like windows. Yep. And air conditioning units. Sure. Roofs. Don't forget the gardening. Yeah, that's landscaping. The, that's the part I'm most curious about. Sprinkler is the systems. Part. Oh my pools, goodness. spas. Meg, how have I never really dived in? Dove in? Yeah. Dang it. Wow. Um, to the wonder of the home and garden show. <laughs> it just makes me sad that I don't have a swimming pool every time I go. I want a swimming pool. Maybe we could get Jeff to agree. To incorporate a swimming pool into OK Pop. Oh, did I not tell you? No. We're putting one, uh, well, we're putting one on the roof. Oh, well, there we go. It's for staff only. A staff only swimming pool with the best views of the downtown Tulsa skyline. That's right. I mean, this will be a an above ground situation. That's fine. It, okay. It's only appropriate. This is an Oklahoma experience. Did you ever see Weekend at Bernie's? No. Huh? I mean, I know of it. I know the, yeah, I think I the guy's dead and his friends pretend that he's alive. All, yeah, none of that weekend. none of that matters. But there's a scene at the beginning of it where they're sitting on a roof in New York and they're like sunning themselves. And that's like how I envision this thing. Jeff will be like, Where where is everyone? All huffing and puffing around the inside of OK Pop looking for his employees. We'll be up. They're upstairs drinking, drinking natty light limeades. Natty light <laughs> beers. Floating around in the floating pool. Floating in the above ground pool. Like some a couple of beached whales. <laughs> <laughs> He's not laughing at us. Ladies and gentlemen, Jeff Moore is in the house. Jeff, get on that microphone. Talk to your bratty children. Jeff is already, Jeff does a thing sometimes when he's around while we're recording uh, that kind of cut it out hand motion of like, don't say that. He's already done that to us a couple of times today. Good morning, everyone. <laughs> uh, when I started petitioning Jeff to start this podcast in the fall of last year, he was not immediately enthusiastic about the idea. And I think it's because he knew that this was going to be the thing that got us all fired. No, that's not true. We we, uh, we fully embrace the podcast. That's oh, part of how we share our story. Yeah, it is. Yeah. It is. But he's yeah. also loses sleep over this. No. No, not at all. If, <laughs> if 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 we're not having fun, um, then why are, are we, we do, doing? Why are we doing? What are I mean, we? I, doing? I can think of a few things we've said on here though that I have been a little cringeworthy. Yes, all the time. I won't repeat them. Yeah, well, like when Meg went went after the Grand Lake people. I apologize for that, I, and I have recently, P.S., been to Grand Lake since I made that statement. And did you come back with a disease? I did not. Well, but I also didn't go. get go underwater. Oh, so Grand Lake's fine as long as you don't as long as you don't fully go underwater. immerse. Yeah. 
I went to Pistol Pats. You had did? A, had a dip cone. Yeah. Stop it. You were talking about this on the last episode. I know, because our alleged friends who don't invite us on there... Um, travels around the state, Danny Boy O'Connor and Mary Beth Babcock, uh, went to Pistol Pats, and then I was, that's like all I could think about, and so I did it. I You're drove obsessing. out to Green Lake and I went. So Mary Beth and Danny, anyway, we, we think of them as friends, but they clearly think of us as less than friends. because acquaintances we, to them. Just acquaintances. Just acquaintances. Yeah, they, they make these amazing. I did, I will say this though, a couple weeks ago we went to uh, Natural Springs State Park. Yeah. Eastern part of the state, beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. If you squint in your eyes, you could imagine yourself almost in Hawaii or somewhere tropical. Uh, just a beautiful location. Also, the location where they filmed where the, where the red, red fern, fern grows. grows. Uh, um, um, the Dave Matthews version, Jeff? Oh, no, no, it was the the, the 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 version that made me cry like a yeah, baby when I was we all watched ten children. years old. It was horrible. Oh my gosh! Did you go with Danny and Mary? No, Beth? but they were there the same day. So I'm like. This I'm like point, looking. Though. I'm looking on social media, and it's like I didn't post any of these pictures, but I took those pictures, and then I realized it was them. They take cool trips. They take lots of selfies while they're on these cool trips, and we never get invited. And I'm just saying, I'm putting it out here right now. I want to get invited. I know we what need. To, we we need to do a big like a like a road trip convoy. They're not for a going whole bunch of people. Invite. They're not going to invite us. But here's what we should probably do. <laughs> we, sh we should reach out to. Danny and Mary Beth, yeah, and ask them if they would like their own segment. Ooh, called road tripping on oh, the OK Pop is, Radio Hour. That's road brilliant. Trippin', we road, will road give trippin'. we'll give Danny and Mary Beth a microphone with a recorder thing, and and we'll let them go on their trips without us, and they can spend a little bit of time documenting the great places in Oklahoma that they're that they are exploring, and uh, we'll just get to live vicariously through them as We're they I know, travel Oklahoma. I won't feel like we get to we get to go even though. Well, I mean, Meg, nothing's stopping you from going to these places. You just don't get to Except go Except an invite. Yeah, you don't get to go with Danny and Mary Beth. <sighs> That's never going to happen. I just want to be like their little mascot. No, they clearly don't want it. I know. I know. So, uh, but we love them still and we're, we maybe we invite them to, uh, you know. I, I, think a, I think a segment would be brilliant. Well, you heard it here, ladies and gentlemen. Brills. Danny and Mary Beth, it's on you. It's on you. The people have spoken. And by the people, I mean the three of <laughs> The three of us. <laughs> I, I believe that means we have a quorum. So. We have a That's quorum. That's correct. The eyes have it. Um, do we want to get back to talking a little bit about today's episode? I think we should just dive right in, but I, I think it's important that Jeff is here. Um, Jeff, can you talk for just a minute about... Uh, the significance of what's going on. Yeah, I mean, if we're if we're talking about what you know today being Juneteenth, <clears throat> incredibly significant. Um, it's an amazing history in this part of the country. Uh, you know, it, it started in Galveston when um, the former formerly enslaved people were um, free by uh, the Emancipation Proclamation, but it actually took two years for that to take effect in a lot of parts of the country. So June 19th, 1865 is the, is the day that the group of slaves were notified in Galveston that slavery was abolished. And um, that, that legacy kind of spread across uh, other parts of Texas and Oklahoma 
And Juneteenth immediately became a day of celebration, uh, celebrating freedom, celebrating opportunities, celebrating um, hope uh, for a new world. And um, it's, it's something that is, is very, very, very deeply rooted in um, African-American communities here in Oklahoma and actually um, has spread west. Um, there are parts of California that celebrate Oklahoma Picnic on June 19th. And it was a, a celebration that they brought from, from Oklahoma and from the uh, communities here in Oklahoma. And Oklahoma has such a rich African-American history. Black History in Oklahoma, the Oklahoma Historical Society has just launched a, a brand new launch pad for all of our archives related to black history. And uh, it's, uh, you know, with the, the, the all black towns, more than 60 communities that were self-governed by uh, African-Americans in Oklahoma, just a, a very unique history. Uh, so many people, Charlie Christian, Ralph Ellison, Alfred Woodard, um, uh, the, the newspapermen, Smitherman and um, B.C. Franklin here in Tulsa and Roscoe Dungey in Oklahoma City. It's just Gap just band. a rich gap band. Yeah, absolutely. Greenwood, Archer, and Pine. I mean, that statement is a statement of this is who we are and where we're from. And um, none of that can be overlooked. And it, and it seeps into every aspect of Oklahoma history and Oklahoma culture, even though in a lot of ways things have been ignored over the years. Um, there are these little... Um, pieces of um, truth and um, history um, that are important. And um, I'm just, you know, I'm thankful that uh, so much attention is coming to the history here, the, the horrible events of 99 years ago. Um, I hope we can learn from what's happening now and um, we can um, progress to a new, uh, a new ideal a new meaning of what it means to be an American and um, that we uh, celebrate each other's uh, histories and triumphs and, and acknowledge the tragedies and um, atone for, th for things that, that we've done in the past that were not the right thing. So, Really well said. Man, we should have Jeff in here more often. I know. Thank, well, you. I'm, Thank you, Jeff, for You guys do to me what... Mary Beth and Danny do to you guys. So. Oh, that's Aww. not true. That is simply not true. Trickle down friendships. I see. Always how it goes. welcome on the OK Pop Radio Hour. No, I'm I'm really glad that uh, Steph Simon and, and Dr. Stevie Johnson were uh, so kind to take time out of their busy, busy, busy schedules to oh uh, talk to they us. Are. And so I'm really excited about today. Yeah, these guys had an, a lot going on yesterday. This is a big weekend, mm -hmm. and uh, we got to go over to the skyline. Last night, and it was my first time being in that. It was my first time too. Man, just a crazy. Yeah, just how history crazy place to be is coming together at this moment, and um, you know, one of the things that has been so, I guess, championed in a in a frustrating way is that no, so many people did not know about the race massacre, and you I mean, know, there's so many people that grew up in. Um, in, in North Tulsa and in other parts of the community, especially the state, that just had no idea. And now the whole world knows. That's and right. this is the lead-in to the centennial uh, celebration of um, acknowledging the, this, this tragedy. But, um, you know, what, what comes from this? What can, be, what, can, what can we learn? What can we carry forward? And what uh, 
Dr. Stevie Johnson and, and um, Steph Simon are doing with Fire in Little Africa is just the timing, the, the way the stars are aligning, the divine providence, whatever you call it, is just, um, you can feel it. Yeah. I, mean, I can physically mm -hmm. feel it. That's a Absolutely. fact. That's a fact. So uh, without further ado, we will um, we'll start off by talking to uh, Dr. Stevie Johnson. This is the interview that we conducted just last night at the skyline in the heights all right ladies and gentlemen here we are uh, with a very special guest and in a very special place <laughs> we are uh, here with dr stevie johnson the manager of education and diversity outreach for woody guthrie and bob dylan center here in tulsa and we are not in our studio right now <laughs> we are not we are in a building formerly known as the Brady Mansion, yes. located in the neighborhood formerly known as Brady Heights, just to the north of downtown Tulsa. Uh, if you are from the Tulsa area, if you know much about uh, the history here, you know that Tate Brady has become quite the notorious figure, the, the man whose name uh, was once on this neighborhood and once on this building and once on uh, one of the largest remaining theaters in the state. And... Um, uh, his legacy, good or bad, is woven into uh, the downtown neighborhoods. Mm -hmm. um, but the name has changed on this on this building, uh, and we'll start with that. Do you want to you want to talk a little bit about where we are? Yeah, we're in the Skyline Mansion. We are um, we've reimagined and we've reclaimed space um, and made it ours. Um, so I know we've talked about when you all walked in, like. So it's a different type of vibe. It's yeah. it's kind of it's kind of it's kind of creepy, and um, that's that's intentional because Tate is just is not pleased with what's happening right now, um, and so it's just it's I'm grateful that um, Felix Jones, who's a Booker T alum and um, professional athlete, um, saw the value of this space um, and the importance of reclaiming it, and for artists and creatives to be in this space and to make chandeliers move and to make doors open and close um, is not a coincidence. Um, and so I'm just, I'm just grateful to be present here in the moment, um, which is something I haven't done like very well in the past. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a very spiritual and uh, humbling space. Um, that in my eyes just really makes you check your ego at the door or check your privileges at the door. I'm like, yo, what's, what am I about to experience? Um, so yeah, like this is, this is the Skyline Mansion and just shout out to Felix, Felix Jones and, and Steph and, and you know, you know, Skyline, Skyline Records and all that they've been doing with, with this particular space. So tell us about some of what's been happening here in the space. You, I know a little bit, but our, our, our audience probably doesn't. What are these creatives doing when they hang out in here? So it's uh it's it's been transformed into an event center. So um, there've been some concerts and uh, one in particular, obviously Steph Simon had one here. And I mean, it was one of those things where, like Steph as well as others creatives who are part of this project are vessels of a higher power, and you start to see it on the stage as if. He, he and others are just a vessel to where, like, it doesn't even feel like it's them on the stage. It's like a, it's like a, 
an awakening moment um, where it's like, wow, I feel like the presence of a higher power is on this stage. And it's like, it's kind of like Space Jam, Monstars, how they got all this, 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 these skills, these skill sets, and they give it to, um, you know, these, these, these aliens. And it's like, he's on stage and he was hit with it. And it just came out of his mouth and you felt the presence um, being in the space. Um, that's just one example. Um, and anytime you can weave a Space Jam, space jam reference, <laughs> reference into this. Into uh, that's our first ever Space Jam reference, I think. Um, okay, okay. Uh, but, I, man, I grew up in the Space Jam era, so Absolutely. I totally get it. Absolutely. I know, the second you said I was like, mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, we know what that means. Absolutely. They put their hands on the basketball. It sucks the powers out of Charles Barkley and Sean Bradley. Muggsy Bugs. But it's like he, put his, he puts his hand on a microphone and he receives the power. And that's awesome. Yeah, it's, it's a beautiful thing, so. Tay Brady's just flopping over in his grave. He is absolutely pissed. <laughs> absolutely by by pissed. the way, while we were sitting here having this conversation, I don't know if you guys noticed, but the lights were kind of go- dimming. I and see. Yeah. See? <laughs> Places. <laughs> something's, something's a little off in here. Absolutely. He's either not happy or there's just bad electrical in here. But either, either way, <laughs> it's a little bit creepy. I'm not going to lie. But <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. Um, so you're, you work for the Woody Guthrie and Bob Dylan uh, organization. Absolutely. And you're doing you're doing this work that I think at first glance a lot of people might wonder what's the connection. Uh, help, help us out. So I'm gonna weave in my own uh, story too. So 2019, I'm in the beginning of 2019. I'm finishing up my PhD at the University of Oklahoma, and my dissertation is a written dissertation, but also in the form of a hip hop album. And it's looking at anti-black experiences that black students face on historically white campuses. So you got this literature that says black students are not smart. They're hyper-masculine. They don't belong here. And what I wanted to dive into was like, maybe it's not necessarily that they're not prepared. Maybe the environment is not conducive to them being the best that that they can be. So when you see there'll never be another nigger at SAE, um, in, in SAE, or you see blackface on campus and you see administration not doing anything about it, it's like, maybe I don't need to be there. So I wanted to have direct converse, I wanted to have direct conversations with students who were also creatives, who were artists, who were producers, and we developed an album. Fast forward, I, I finished the program in 2019. A few months earlier, I come to Tulsa, shout out to Brandon Odom, um, went to school together, and I came to have lunch with them and bumped into my future boss and then had no idea who he, who, who he was. Um, I leave Tulsa, I have lunch, I come back I come back to Oklahoma City, that's where I'm staying, get a phone call, can you come back to Tulsa? Come back to Tulsa, hey, we have this position, manager of education, Woody Guthrie, Bob Dylan Center. First question. I want you to put raise his hand. <laughs> Dr. Steve Johnson, raise his hand. He's raising his hand right now. <laughs> what does a 30-year-old hip-hop scholar have to do with Woody Guthrie and Bob Dylan Center? So they were talking about social justice work, which I've heard of Woody Guthrie. Not as familiar with Bob. We heard the name, but just not familiar with the, with the content. So we're talking about social justice in this creative process as artists. I said, I can get with that. I said, but... What are, we all, what are we doing for 2021? This is my first, my second question. Raise his hand. 
What are we doing for 2021? He said, what do you mean? So going back to my research, my literature review, I'm talking about Greenwood. I'm talking about the anti-black experiences, not only in college settings, but also in the community. It's all connected. I said, what are you all doing for 2021, the 100-year commemoration of the masters coming around the corner? They didn't have anything. So I said, hey, please let me executive produce compilation hip-hop album. Same thing that I did with um, my dissertation. I said, we can develop a curriculum and we can develop um, a documentary and develop a podcast, which we've, which we've done. Um, and the rest is history. So, yeah, um, Woody Guthrie and Bob Dylan are our sponsors for the Fire Little Africa Project, which is a compilation hip-hop album in commemoration of Greenwood. And uh, they've been, um, I've, I've come to understand that it's not about focusing on Woody and Bob Dylan's music. It's about the themes that are coming out of their music and that I can connect because as manager of education diversity outreach, I can't go to the north side of Tulsa and talk about Woody Guthrie and Bob Dylan, but I can take their themes and connect it to Nipsey Hussle and Kendrick Lamar and Lauryn Hill and all these different prominent figures that I know my community um, is listening to. And not even just that, from a local perspective, taking a step Simon and a St. Dominic and Ayula and connecting those themes. So um, that was always my agenda. I've learned along the way, Woody and Bob, but ultimately I knew coming here that I was here to use my sensibilities as a hip hop scholar, as a hip hop artist, and to say, hey, I see a need for my people. I have, I've been to a, a space, doctoral program that a lot of people that look like me don't get to experience. And what type of person would I be to use the power and privilege that I have and not give it back to the people who helped me get to this point? So um, that was always been my agenda. Ever since I've been here in August, nothing has changed. Nothing at all. It's amazing. And it totally was a, um, especially for that particular organization, I think a, a hole that needed filled and, and I can't think of a better way to reach out to the community. I mean, you were kind of speaking earlier about um, not necessarily, you know, comparing that it's its own thing, it's its own message. Can you kind of talk a little bit about um, how the, the message of this differs from, from that? I think, uh, to be honest, um, black people have been making this type of music the same at the same rate and at the same time since Woody and Bob. Mm -hmm. um, but privilege exists mm -hmm. and power exists and access is very limited when it comes to black and brown people. So it's not necessarily that I'm trying to take away from Woody and Bob. It's more so like we have an opportunity to carve out space for people who don't have that particular access um, to tell their stories because I can pull any Woody Guthrie quote, any lyric, even a painting, mm -hmm. Bob Dylan, same thing. And I can literally connect it to any artist, even in Tulsa. When you talk about art, I'm thinking of No Parking Studios in Dalton. Mm -hmm. When I'm thinking about what Woody's music and Bob is saying, I'm thinking about Born on Black Wall Street and Invisible Man. Like all these different 
um, these content that's already been developed in the scene. So for me, it's like, and going back to my, my title, if I'm a part of diversity outreach and I'm seeing, as a subject matter expert, I'm seeing the landscape of this community and I'm seeing like there is an untapped, there's been some untapped discussions and opportunities for these individuals like, why are we not investing in them when they're speaking to the same injustices that we are discussing in these two different, in these two artists? So, um, for me, education is not four door. I mean, four walls and me standing up and talking to people, like literally going to the community, pulling up on, you know, artists at their house and having just conversations and learning from them. That's communal education. That helps me to be a better programmer for my job. It helps me to be creative and find different ways of connecting the mission of the organization with the access that the artists need. Um, so um, it's not necessarily to take away from what they've done. We appreciate it. And just like I don't necessarily focus on their music, I focus on their themes. Right. I'm saying let me take those themes and, and create something to where it builds the economy. Like this is about economics and commerce. If we invest in, we've all said that we're, everyone is, is leaving the state state of Oklahoma. Okay, if you invest in the artists and you give them a platform and we are building relationships, then we can circulate like the money. We can circulate ideas. We can circulate relationships that will sustain us moving forward. Um, but it's, it's kind of difficult for people to, to comprehend that because it's so focused in, in a sense, like a, a white gaze. Like it's just focused right. on a particular thing. We got to do this. We got to do it this way. We got to move on. It seems like um, one of the things that I feel like the arts, the arts community as a whole has struggled with um, in Oklahoma is, is what you were just speaking to feeling that feeling like that need that you need to go somewhere else. You can't do stuff here. Absolutely. And you guys have done an amazing job of getting people to listen to you right here in our city. Absolutely. Um, and bringing people to you yep. as opposed to having to go to them. Absolutely. And it, I, I can't take away from the fact that being a part of the organization has been beneficial for them to do that. And um, that's just part of my role as a co-conspirator for the artists. And when I say co-conspirator, mm -hmm. I'm not talking about I'm being manipulative right. with the organization. I'm saying that I see, at the core, I see their humanity. And I see exactly what they bring to this city. Like we're literally having a conversation upstairs about how artists have been fighting to get their equitable rights since 2003. When we look at downtown and how there was nothing here, mm -hmm. those artists upstairs were hip-hop artists who were developing the downtown scene. Right. So it's it's about paying respect and honor and dignity to the people who have put the city on their backs and have sacrificed and are still sacrificing but are still here. Like right. it's it's time when we talk about policy and reform, we also got to talk about the arts and entertainment because mm -hmm. we need to protect our artists. And we, we have all eyes on Tulsa, but we're not giving them their full credit, or we're bringing in you know national people and they're not getting their credit. It's that's that's an issue for me, yeah, a huge issue for me. So that that's just my responsibility to not only create the content and and create space for them, but to advocate for them as well. That's amazing. So, so we all at this table, 
work for organizations that I think at first glance the public sees as uh, kind of what we were talking about before. These are these are museums. These are places you you go on a field trip or yeah. you go on a vacation to this place, and um, and they center around entertainers, kind of at their core. And as much as we respect even Bob Dylan and Woody Guthrie as being more than just entertainers, but but being important um, poets and and people who confronted injustice. Uh, we work for museums. Absolutely. And uh, I think we have felt at OK Pop that we've got to, we have some explaining to do, that, <laughs> that we are about something more than just showcasing collections of, of artifacts or, um, you know, and we've got that stuff. We've got, we got a big garage full of cool stuff that we've started collecting uh, to tell the stories of Oklahoma creatives. But um, I think at our core, and, and I think that we all agree on this, our, our charge is something bigger than just to show off some old stuff. Absolutely. Um, can you talk about, you've got, you've got a project working now with the Fire and Little Africa project mm -hmm. um, that, that from all I've heard uh, is fantastic. And, and we did an interview with Steph. He says it's going to be, no, no exaggeration, <laughs> I the know what greatest single piece of work that's ever come out of the state was his... Uh, was his phrase about that. It is the best album, according to him, ever produced in Oklahoma. Any genre ever in the history of the state. He made it very clear that's how he ranks this, this piece of work. Um, and, and I, he, maybe he's right, right? <laughs> so uh, I haven't heard it yet, but I'm excited to. Um, but the purpose of that wasn't just to make a great album, uh, something that just sounds good. Um, and I think... You know, talk to us about that. Talk to us about the purpose that I know is much deeper than just producing something that sounds good. So I think uh, before I do that, I think I need to make a connection to like how this even came about. Yeah, please. So I don't know if you all are familiar familiar with Revenge of the Dreamers. Um, so it's uh, a compilation project um, that's overseen by Dreamville, which is uh, a label overseen by J. Cole. Um, so Revenge of the Dreamers three came out last year and it was over 150 artists did a 10-day just lock-in retreat in the studio and recorded over 300 songs so this is like before i come to tulsa right and i'm watching the documentary and i'm like yo if i ever get the opportunity right. my mom always said be careful what you say and what you pray for <laughs> right. i said man if, if 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 there's ever an opportunity like i gotta gotta go for it because right. it was in connection with my dissertation too it was just it was an alignment and i had a moment where like i really want to do this um as well but the the difference I, I bring that up is because they just made great music it was there was no agenda it was just hey let's lock in and let's make music because we never know that a pandemic is, is going to come and we never be able to make music so um the difference between revenge of the dreamers and Fire Little Africa is we are truly being intentional about inspiring and ultimately saving humanity with this project. Um, when you think about the elements, when you think about the podcast, when you think about, and shout out to Chris for that, um, the podcast, when you think about curriculum development, so taking the songs on the album and developing curriculum, when you think about a documentary, when 
think about an album. I'm thinking about all these different pockets of people who are in silos, who have conversations, but not amongst each other. And so how do we create a project? And now it's evolved to a movement, and we can talk about that in a sec, but how do we take this project and how do we truly inspire humanity? But also, how do we critique a system that doesn't see us? So when we think about the massacre and, you know, the history of Greenwood and what it represented, that the black dollar was circulating 19 times before it ever left. We talk about, you know, the situation with Sarah and uh, Dickie Rowland. We talk about the rebuilding, which a lot of people don't talk about, the rebuilding of Black Wall Street with no insurance claims. When we talk about, you know, I-244 coming in and gutting Greenwood, when we talk about civil rights movement, when we talk about crack in the 80s, when we talk about police brutality, when we talk about modern-day lynching, like all this stuff is the same thing. It's just evolving over time. And so for me, the album represents you listening. It's like, okay, wait, is he talking about now? Or is he talking about 100 years ago or 400 years ago? Um, so this is, this is a, it's a history lesson, but it's not corny. It's, it's very um, intentional. It's very, like, what did he just say? Okay, let me go look that up. Or I have questions. I have, I have huge questions about Sarah and, and, and Diggy's relationship, which we dive into. Like, and the work that we were doing as we planned, we went to TU that has a special collections that they've had since 1989 over the massacre. And we go there and we learn about the massacre. We learn about figures that we've heard of but never knew their story, about Dr. Jackson who was protecting his, his, his family, who ran out of ammunition and surrendered and was shot and all these different experiences so like we're being very intentional about the history about the trauma i'll give you another example aj smitherman was kind of like the black voice during the the origins of, of black wall street and he fled because it was a bounty on his head and how almost 100 years later we get a phone call from his great-great-grandson who lives in Buffalo, New York. And we have a conversation, and I'm like, 45 minutes, I'm just letting him talk, and I just had to ask, like, have you ever been to Tulsa? And he says, no. And I said, would you like to come to Tulsa? And he says, yes. But he said, I need to make sure that my life is not in danger. So you talk about generational trauma, someone who's <sighs> never been to Tulsa, and yet understands his lineage and his history and is afraid to come to this city. And for me, it's like, I would never put you in that situation, but it's those moments, that's communal education. Right. I have to realize like this is more serious than it's ever been before. Um, so yeah, this this project is, is very intentional. Having the Oklahoma Historical Society give information to artists before we even recorded the project. And they're diving into it deep. I'm getting text messages, and they're like, um, I didn't even know. Or like, hey, you should check this out. So, like, this education, it's like we're building each other. It's community organizing. Right. So when I say, like, we're not building fans, we're building community. We're building movement. We're building 
conversations where like we're not afraid to go there like and it shouldn't it should never be a point where i'm i'm fearful but we're going there so this this project is is cohesive it's it's holistic and um i think truly at at the core um and i'm going back to steph like i stand on that absolutely because it's it's ancestral when when you have to you had just had to be here to experience us in this space as well as Greenwood Cultural Center. We're literally making something out of nothing. We have no studio spaces. We have everything is is mobile and we're we're making something out of nothing. Um and that is at the core the connection between the resilience that black people have had for ever. Um and yeah, I just leave it at that. But like yeah, this, no, for, I love yeah, it. Yeah, Fire Little Africa is is, is 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 very special for sure. You said that phrase, making something out of nothing, and I, I've always felt that creatives at their core. I mean, that that is, uh, I mean, you've alluded to spiritual things, and I guess we, we can talk about that a little bit. But I believe uh, personally that that we are most like our creator when we are creating, and that that we are we are made to make something out of nothing, and I. I think so often we look at entertainers. We call them entertainers, right? They, and they entertain us. Like there's push a button and make me happy or entertain me. But I think at the core of what, what we're dealing with in our world, uh, you dealing with, with the Bob Dylan and, and Woody Guthrie and how to, how to make those stories relevant Absolutely. in a part of town and to a people that... And holding, and holding people... So Fire Little Africa, Greg Robinson had a podcast maybe a week, two weeks ago, and he said something that really resonated with me. He said, for him, Fire Little Africa represents putting not only his feet to the fire, but other people's feet to the fire. Yeah, man. Mm-hmm. That's what it's, it's not about entertaining. Yes. It's about changing the world. Absolutely. And and I, I'm trying to get comfortable. In fact, Jeff Moore, our executive director, and I had this conversation this afternoon about getting comfortable with the ex, the extreme statement of we are we are here to change the world. And, and that's the kind of thing that might get you an eye roll or a chuckle or something like that, uh, especially as museum employees, Absolutely. which is basically what we all are. But, um, but I, I think we've got a bigger charge in front of us. And um, I, so I love that phrase. I love the way that you're, you're setting that up and, and that you guys, um, you know, it's evident that you take this so seriously. Absolutely. And, and I respect that a whole lot. Um, you talked about your second question ever. Uh, when you came to town being about what are you doing for the centennial? Uh, and I think we were all looking to next year for that to be, that's when it all was going to come to a head, right? <laughs> yeah. But but we kind of jumped the gun on that. Here we are. Uh, Absolutely. Absolutely. Here we are a year ahead of that. And the president's coming to town. And, and we've had yet another series of, of dead black men at the hands of, of people who are supposed to protect them. And black women. And mm-hmm. And the nation is facing... Uh, I think a critical point. And so how are you guys, I know you were set up for next year that you had the album releasing in February and you had a timeline that you were anticipating. Uh, what's changed in the last couple of weeks for you? Uh, I think for me, so let me, let me address what's happening. We were prepared for this moment, even in spite of like this just coming out, like, we knew something was going to happen before 2021. So this is not new to us. Um, 
And when you think about like what we see historically each and every day, we were built for this. Like it, it's, it's changed our whole trajectory of how not only we see ourselves, but how the world sees us. And so none of this surprises me that Trump comes originally on Juneteenth on the 99th anniversary of the massacre. That's, he, un, he recognizes, that's the thing, he recognizes the power of what Greenwood represents back then and now. That's not, that's not a coincidence. He knows exactly what he's doing. So none of this stuff is, is, is new. Um, and you don't seem surprised. Not, <laughs> absolutely not. I don't like, think, yeah, I don't think anybody should be surprised. I mean, it's, Absolutely not. Ridiculous, but it's also at the same time not shocking. But I think for me, if you're talking about me personally, um, I've been I've been doing a lot of just checking my ego, checking my ego because as obviously Trump is coming and all eyes is on Tulsa, there's more opportunities and access for me just like this to be able to talk about these things. And I have to be reminded that the reason why Steph Simon is saying this is the greatest album is because he's received confirmation from the ancestors of Black Wall Street. So we talk about the spirit in this as well. We know absolutely why we're doing this project. I mentioned earlier, like, we're not romanticizing Black Wall Street or the massacre. We are unapologetically going there. And we're going back to putting people's feet to the fire, we're trying to see, are you with us or are you against us? It's plain and simple. It's not black or white anymore. It's black and non-black at this point because when people see my skin, they don't see that I have a PhD, that I'm a DJ, that I'm a producer, that I'm a husband, that I'm a father, that I'm a son, that I'm a mentor, that I'm a mentee. They don't care. The mere presence of my of my blackness is enough to kill me. And I recognize that. So none of this is, is surprising. And I think for me, it's just like, how do I check my ego to make sure that the narrative doesn't change? That I don't co-opt or like put myself in a position where I, my values are going to be questioned um, because there's so much on the line. And it's not even like stress, it's an honored responsibility. It's, it's, I can't even fathom, like, how grateful I am, especially someone who's not from Tulsa. And I'm thinking about my life. I'm thinking about born in 1989, and I'm here in 2020 in Tulsa. Like, I'm grateful. And I have to stand upon not only Black Wall Street and not only the artists who have been building the scene since the 2000s or before then, it's, it's bigger than, like, the opportunities that I have and the access that I have with, you know, Woody Guthrie and Bob Dylan Center. It's also my mom who helped me get here, who um, even just like the people who constantly pray for me to be in this moment. So there's so much and on the line. And but the thing is, the things that we see and experience each and every day of being in this in this world, it's like we've been built ever since we were born because we had to. We had to be persistent and resilient because no one's going to give us a handout so it does feel really like there's something bigger going on in the sense that um 
all of these things are coming to a head. Does that make any sense? It feels like um, between what's going on with race relations in this country right now, people are just starting to find out about what happened here 100 years ago. Um, All these things are happening. It feels like we're in the middle of, like, the epicenter of all of it. Do you feel like that, like, that weight of that? I I think, going back to your question, answering yours, what I've been doing lately is just be present in the moment because this is history in the now. And that, I think, going back to K-pop and Woody Guthrie and Bob Bob Dylan Center, it's like we so much, in a sense, fetishize about the past that we don't pay attention to the present and how that connects to everything that we're doing and everything we say we want to be and become. Um, so yeah, like this is a, this is a, this is a, a moment where I'm like pinching myself. Like even in spite of the stress and the long nights, I'm like, I'm here, I'm in it. And not only am I in it, but I'm willing to, I see myself as a sacrificial lamb. And I'm, and I'm gonna tell you a quick story and it's going to blow your mind. I went to Longview, Texas, January 18th, which was my mom's birthday. And I woke up at like 3 o'clock in the morning and just woke up in a cold sweat. And there's times where like you have dreams and you don't remember things. It was a very vivid dream. And it scared me to the point where I got up, pulled out my laptop, and just started writing. And my mom must have just heard me do this. And she comes out and I'm like, She's like, what are you doing up? I'm like, what are you doing up? And I told her that, you know, my fear is that I'm not going to be able to live to see what's transpiring right now. I'm thinking about the artists that I've looked up to. I was I was introduced to Tupac. That was my first introduction to hip-hop. It's a good place to start. Good, good place to start. And I'm thinking about him. I'm thinking about Nipsey also. I'm thinking about Malcolm X. I'm thinking about all these people who have sacrificed themselves and have been killed. And my my only fear was that I was not going to live to see it, that I was not going to be able to experience it with my wife and my son. And she said something to me. She said, and? That's all she said, and? She said, you've been called to do something, and you have to stand on that. And if it means that you have to lose your life, then that's just what it takes. And that was, it blew my mind. It's like my, my mom hit me with a Mike Tyson punch and I couldn't wake up. And when I did, I, I just, everything just became so clear to me that it is what it is. This is what I've been called to do. So being present in the moment and, but in the back of my mind, just knowing like this is the sacrifice, the sacrificial lamb. And that's not even me, it's, it's Chris Davis. Um, it's Steph Simon, it's Dalton, St. Dominic, um, others who are on this project. So we are the sacrificial lambs and we're, we understand and recognize how serious this moment is. And, um, that's just, but that's just part of what it means to be black in, in America. Like we, we have to fight in ways that are unorthodox, um, and even the idea of a Fire Little Africa project within the Woody Guthrie and Bob Dylan Center doesn't make sense, but um, here we are. Here we are. Jeff and I talked earlier about how there are cities that we only know the name of the city because something happened there, mm-hmm. right? Nobody would know where 
anything about Selma if something hadn't happened there, right? Absolutely. And and Tulsa is is you know just a regular city in the middle of the country. Absolutely. And some people might they've heard of it, but they might not be able to find it on a map. Um, but the gravity of this moment, I think we all are starting to recognize. Like twenty twenty one, we will live in a very different world than we than we live in in 2020. And Absolutely. it's because all of these things are coming to a head at this time and in this place. And so I think if you live here and, and you're in the game and you're trying to figure out what your role in all this should be, I, I love that statement of being present in it. And I hope that that's where we find ourselves as a community, all of us present and, and locking arms and saying, you know, I mean, we're, all, we're all in this together. People were present in the moment when they saw George Floyd that's on right. the ground for eight minutes and 46 seconds. Like, it took eight minutes and 46 seconds for people to wake up. That's right. So so you've been great with your time. We want to give you a chance to talk about, uh, before we wrap it up, this this podcast will come out on Juneteenth. Okay. Okay. So that means I got a, night, not <laughs> a night of editing to get things wrapped up. But, yeah. but tomorrow's a big day here. Absolutely. Uh, Juneteenth has been a big thing in Tulsa as long as I can remember. But this is my, this this my might, first one. Well, this might be the biggest one of them all. Absolutely. Um, can you talk a little bit about your role in that? What should what we as a community should be looking forward to? And uh, h- how do we celebrate tomorrow the best we can? Yeah, I have an honored privilege of being the DJ for tomorrow. Um, from six to nine, um, and I'm grateful for that. And uh, Fire Little Africa artists will be performing. Won't be performing any of the songs on the album. Right. Um, got to save those. Got to <laughs> save those. But uh, we have an opportunity to engage um, our community with the work that we're doing. We have artists who are going to be our volunteers, passing out information um, and some and some swag. So, um, but this is not a traditional Juneteenth. Um, um, Major shout out to some of the organizers, um, Tiffany Crutcher, who is the twin sister of Terrence Crutcher, who was killed in 2016 by Betty Shelby, and uh, others such as Greg Robertson and Nehemiah Frank, who is uh, part of the Black Wall Street Times. So um, we just all just collectively came together, put our heads together, and we're getting people registered to vote um, tomorrow. Have a, a huge presence when it regards to um, registering to vote. And uh, also, um, everything will be very secure. We have, I think we said, 25,000 masks. So we're taking all precautions to make sure everyone is safe. Um, Reverend Al Sharpton will be speaking, um, as well as um, the iconic group Lakeside will be here, which is... uh, The list of people is amazing. Absolutely. Russell Westbrook will be here. Kamala Harris? Uh, I haven't heard that name. I I saw it earlier today. Meg, did you just let a cat out of the bag? I think I just broke. I think I just did, broke did it. Did you say Lauren Hill? <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, I've been helping do a okay. little bit of the uh, the the asks and uh, okay. Lauren Hill. I th- Lauren Hill might have been on my list. Okay, uh, <laughs> she's not. I, I don't think she's on my list. <laughs> yeah. But I heard you say Lauren Hill earlier, and I have a special. In fact, I think Brandon and I have had this conversation about Lauren Hill being underrated as a rapper. Absolutely. Absolutely. Right. Absolutely. I feel validated. Nope. You're the expert on that, and. Uh, I put her in my top five all time, and I got some funny looks, and I'm like, you're underrating her as a rapper. Just because she can sing doesn't mean she can't rap. Absolutely. Absolutely. So The list tomorrow was incredible. It's, <laughs> it's going to be a good list. We were down yeah. today having lunch um, at Wanda Jay's on, on Greenwood, and, and I commented on how good, like, it felt good. Like, the vibe of everybody Say it again. down there. Say it again. It felt good. Absolutely. <laughs> it, I mean, it did. It felt you didn't positive. Even, you didn't even touch the food yet. 
You, oh, no. Absolutely. We haven't stopped talking the about food, the We haven't stopped talking about the food. Absolutely. Food's amazing. But I mean, in general, just on the street down there in absolutely. the neighborhood, it just was a positive absolutely. vibe. Yeah. So It made me hopeful for tomorrow and yeah. how good it's going to be. So Fire Little Africa will be there on Greenwood. And our biggest request is, uh, you know, we we really want to get the, the community involved with this project. Um, so we're we're going to be asking people just for donations for the project. I mean, we have a curriculum that we're trying to get out. We have... You know, obviously being on platforms, being able to discuss, you know, um, this project and what it means to not only the city of Tulsa, the state of Oklahoma, but how it's in conversation with the national conversation around racism. And, uh, yeah, we're just really trying to get people to uh, to, to, to donate to uh, to Fire Little Africa um, tax deductible. So, um, yeah. Where can people go do that at, by the way? That is uh, com slash donate. Okay, great. People can do that while they're actually out tomorrow at Juneteenth. They can get on their phones and... Yeah, we'll have some t-shirts on sale as well. We're giving out some stickers, just just giving them out. But yeah, like we we definitely want people to support this, not even just because of how dope it is, but truly how intentional um, we're we're, we're being with with, uh, just building community with with, with our people. Because it it could change the world. That's right, absolutely. Absolutely. It will will change the world. The other thing that will change the world is is what you already mentioned, which is, is... getting out the boat so absolutely absolutely that's a huge a huge thing too so um i'm excited for tomorrow i think it's going to be amazing uh, me too dr johnson thank you so much thank you man for thank joining you us hey we, absolutely thank we you gotta for doing do this. we gotta do this again so um we know you got a, a bunch of artists <laughs> that you've been working with yeah, yeah, and yeah. we would love to meet some of them yes and so um you know as, as things settle down or maybe they don't uh but over the next several months and leading up to the release we'd love to to have you back or to talk to some of your artists. So And going back to value, the fact that, you know, I text you today, it was like, yo, swamped, but please yep. come here. And that's it has nothing to do with how busy we are. It has everything to do with the community and what we're all rep- what we're all doing. That's and right. People say all the time, like if I if you're important, I'll make time for you. And that's exactly what what we're, what we're doing here. It is much appreciated. And it means a lot to us for Thank sure you. that you took some time for us. And, and I, I know that the people that listen to this podcast will appreciate what, what you've said today. So thanks so much, man. Absolutely appreciate it. Podcast fans, start the clock. It's time for an OK Pop 60 second life story. Clara Shepard Looper was a civic leader, teacher, and pioneering leader in the American Civil Rights Movement. Looper was born in 1923 in rural Okuski County, Oklahoma, best known for her leadership role in the 1958 Oklahoma City sit-in movement. In 1957, Looper became the advisor for the NAACP Youth Council. After a visit to New York City to perform a play she wrote with the council based on the nonviolent teachings of Martin Luther King and the Montgomery bus boycott, the group was inspired to start a movement back home in Oklahoma. She, her young son and daughter, and numerous young members of the NAACP Youth Council successfully conducted nonviolent sit-in protests of Oklahoma City drugstore lunch counters, which eventually overturned their policies of segregation. Looper continued desegregating hundreds of establishments in Oklahoma and was active on the national level during the 1960s movements. From 1960 to 1980, Looper hosted her own radio show and she chronicled her fight for civil rights in her autobiography, Behold the Walls. Looper received over 150 awards in her life, including the Langston Alumni Award, the Oklahoma Confederated Women's Club Award, and the National Voter Registration Award. She died on June 8, 2011 in Oklahoma City. And now it's time for the OK Pop Music Spotlight, where we spotlight musicians. 
Hey folks, this is Colby Webster with the OK Pop Radio Hour Music Spotlight. We've got Steph Simon, local rapper, with us today. Uh, we're going to go ahead and share with you Bino Hall. And we'll have a few more details with him afterwards. Be no lame, be no lie, be no fraud. Be no, be no. Grab a seat, get a plate, be no star. Be no, be no. Get the bread, help the knee, heal the scar. Be no, be, be no. in charge, this is all, be no hard. Be no, be no. Be no lame, be no lies, be no fraud. Be no, be no. Grab a seat, get a plate, be no star. Be no, be get no. the bread, help the knee, heal the scar. Be, no, be, be no. in charge, this is all, be, be no hard. No. Gather round, gather round. This is a gym call. If you need a membership in it, then you can't be fraud. This a fraternity, this a sorority. But we far from Greek, this where the creators meet. So discreet, making moves while you sleep. Got our tokens up, now we play for keys. Everything is us, everything we need. We already got and we live by it like a creed. We connected like a set, so in seed. Ready to invest, my congregation elite. Conversation unique, play our roles to the T. Foundation built off trust, the world or your machine. And we ain't coming to riot or march, we want results. We coming to take your pockets apart, taking control of the art. Taking control of the block, the benefit we gon' reap as long as you play your part. Be no, be no, be no lame, be no lie, be no fraud. Be no, be no. Grab a seat, get a plate, be no star. Be no, be get no. the bread, help the knee, heal the scar. Be no, be we no. in charge, this is all, be no hard. Be no, be no lame, be no lies, be no fraud. Be no, be Grab no. a seat, get a plate, be no star. Be no, get be the no. bread, help the knee, heal the scar. Be no, be we no. in charge, this is all, be no hard. Be no. Uh, seem like the world don't want to breed us, leave us, if you ain't helping they rather beat us, we just some young niggas turn young leaders, label me a statistic, I turned them into believers, pops told me better be careful, when they see you as a threat, then they you pay your friends to be hedge, told them thanks for the heads up, still diving head first, cheap for the headquarters and I want my work, so take cover when I start brainstorming, my rain coming, you won't even need a Doppler to see it, I'm never flopping, my city a gold mine, entrepreneur, spiritual hero, Run through my veins, I can never be broke. Think it's time we sit and revitalize all the G codes. A hundred miles and running, remodeling all the B no. He knows, she know, we know. Circulate the C no. It ain't a secret no more. It's time to get what we owe. Be no lame, be no lie, be no fraud. Grab a seat, get a plate, be no star. Get the bread, help the knee, heal the scar. We in charge, this is all, be no hard. Be no lame, be no lies, be no fraud. Grab a seat, get a plate, be no star. Get the bread, help the knee, heal the scar. We in charge, this is all, be no hard. Be no. What's up? All right, man, uh, tell us about this song we just heard. So yeah, man, that was Bino Hall. Bino Hall is off of uh, Born on Black Wall Street. I believe it's number eight. Um, Born on Black Wall Street is uh, actually produced by John Moreland, which is a lot of people don't know about, which is uh, one of our toughest favorites. I always say he's the next Leon Russell um, for for what we got going on. The new the new era Leon Russell, but he actually produces hip hop, and uh, that's uh. Bino Hall, man. So, yeah. That's wild. I did not know that. That is a yes. pretty slick uh, collaboration there. Um, yes, yes, yes. So, so uh, tell us more about, like, you know, uh, maybe just a little bit of the origins of, of Born on Black Wall Street and, like, maybe what you think, you know, that album brings to uh, Oklahoma or, you know, what was missing and how this maybe filled a void. 
Man, so I I went into this album because I knew I knew this day was coming. Um, like the current events is going on right now, but I thought it was gonna come next year for the centennial, which means it's probably gonna be ten times more amplified than what we're experiencing right now. But um and what I mean by this day is coming, just media and not only media, but a lot of people from outside of the city of Tulsa just coming down here and getting information and spreading and and uh and just spreading awareness and getting our uh our history, but a lot of people from Tulsa not getting the credit for it, and it's very easy to do. People can just come down here and make movies and um and talk about our history without involving us so I wanted to make an album that represented the local day-to-day Black Wall Street, Greenwood, Northside District people that I know firsthand, that I grew up with, and that I shop with, and that I spend money with, that I build with firsthand, and people that are my age that are um, starting Black businesses, just trying to keep and push that culture forward and further. I just wanted to make something for us and represent it to the world as being somebody that's actually from here, went to school here, grew up here, as opposed to as opposed to somebody famous like Drake <laughs> coming down here and writing an album about you know what I'm saying, born about being on Black Wall Street. 100%. So I just wanted to do it in a in a in a a hundred percent authentic way without preaching the history. I wanted to let people know what it felt like for somebody that grew up here that didn't know can I can I cuss on this podcast? <laughs> so I wanted to cause it's it's a it's an angry it's kind of an angry matter if you listen to the song like the album it starts it starts happy go lucky black kid on the north just doing regular black shit and living this regular black kid life. And then that's how the album starts. And then as he gets older, he starts uncovering knowledge and facts and history about where he comes from growing up, not knowing anything, not knowing anything past his grandma. You know what I'm saying? Mm. And you grow up to learn this history and then once you learn it, you grow up and start applying it. So that's what the album is about. It's not really about, oh, we got bombed by the KKK and everything sucks and somebody come help us. It's not about that at all. It's about growing up here, learning it, being mad that you didn't know it. Cause I always grew up wondering why we hate each other so much. Like I just grew up in a situation where like, Black people just didn't get along with black people, and it it just sucked. And growing up, learning it wasn't like once you, once you grow up and learn that it wasn't like that, it makes you be like, damn, why ain't nobody tell me this shit? Oh, you know what I'm saying? And so 100%. once once you find that out, it's like okay, maybe I need to be one of the voices to tell everybody this ain't what it was like. We actually was living good out here. And everything you see on Brookside and everything you see on Cherry Street and everything you see on even how the uh Hispanics on twenty first and Garnett, 
mm. have their whole infrastructure set up. Um, whereas just for them, like you go to 21st and Garnett in Tulsa, you can tell that's for them. <laughs> Those businesses are for them and they take care of each other. And 71st and Brookside, like, and it was just like, why we don't got nothing? Like, why we don't have an infrastructure like that? And then you find out you had one and it was destroyed. It just make you angry. And I just wanted to talk about that timeline of learning and actually like the timeline of someone that actually is from here and learning it and applying it and now living by it, has their own business and are teaching kids to, you know what I'm saying, be the new method. So that's what, uh, that's what Born on Black Wall Street is about more so than just kicking, kicking facts, history facts. So go ahead and tell the people where they can find your stuff. Man, please, if you are listening, Steph Simon on any streaming service. Uh, that's Tidal, that's Apple Music, that's Google Play Music, that's Spotify, um, that's Steph Simon, S-T-E-P-H-S-I-M-O-N. Uh, any streaming platform is where you can find my music. Um, once you find my music, if you find a song you like, search it in YouTube, and I'm going to pop up. And I'm on Instagram, uh, Simon and SethXSimon.com. I'm pretty easy to find, man. Check me out. <laughs> well, thanks, man. Uh, we appreciate your time on this and, uh, you know, giving people an education on it. So, And uh, who you are and what's coming up. And OK Pop Radio, man. Thank you all for having me, man. Well, Culture Music, Skyline Star Records. Thank y'all. Thanks, And this has been Colby Webster with the OK Pop Radio Hour Music Spotlight. And that's our show. Meg? I am, I don't know what to say. It was amazing. Good show. It's a great show. So, um, you guys have a good weekend out there. Be good to each other. Be safe. And thank you for listening to the OK Pop Radio Hour. You can follow us on the internet. On the Twitters. <laughs> on the Twitter or Facebook or whatever. And please share with your friends. There's plenty more where this came from. We love you. We really do. Oh, man. I'm feeling warm and fuzzy today. I like it. Okay. Bye.